had one of those conversations where wow i mean it's it's like you come up out of your seat there's that much like tension and stress and just you're upset i know you've probably been in one of these right and maybe it's not been too long ago so what do you do when you're challenged what do you do when you're facing pressure and you're in a situation where it doesn't feel like you're being treated fairly well, welcome to the Edgy Conversations podcast. We're, we're going to talk about today. I'm Dan Waldschmidt. This is Radical Hall for people who want it. By the way, this podcast is brought to you. Yes, right. We're starting commercials by the Edgy Empire of Awesomeness. If you're interested in awesome people doing awesome things in places all over the world, mentors, friends, business deals, relationships that help you take your level of greatness to the next level, next level greatness, you might call it, then check out the edgy empire of awesomeness on Facebook. No charge, just commitment. So I'm at dinner um, in, where was I? Laguna Beach. I'm in Laguna Beach and uh, having a dinner with uh, some friends. And in the middle of this conversation, um, we're talking about different things. And someone made a comment to me that just triggered every, I mean, ju just, you know, like my kids often joke about, dad, are you triggered? You know, they get that whole uh, therapeutic wording of being triggered. It to say I got triggered would be an understatement. I'm at this amazing Italian restaurant. I mean, yeah, the, I'm having, I mean, you know, you're at a great Italian restaurant when even the menu is in Italian, right? And you have to kind of like look at everybody and go, I think this looks like lasagna or something. But uh, when you use words like bolognese, things like that, like, you know, you're, that's like hardcore, wonderful food. We're talking and um, I mean, close friends, smart people, great people. And someone made an offhand comment to me about, uh, they said, you know, Dan, you you're you really are uh, good at telling half truths. <sighs> what me, Dan Waldschmidt? That'll bust you in the mouth. Now, uh, I um, <clears throat> uh, my voice got loud, and maybe it's because I had had uh, one or two uh, Moscow mules, <laughs> and so I was already in the frame of mind where I was not to be trifled with. But uh, my blood boiled in about five seconds. And I think everyone at the table knew because I, I got loud and, uh, and all of a sudden here I'm, 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 and by the way, we were eating outside, beautiful place, uh, looking right out across the sidewalk, uh, where people are strolling by in the street and things like that. Just a great, great setting. And here I am just, just letting loose. Now being trustworthy is probably a sore spot for me. You know, if you read my book, uh, if you've heard some of my stories from stage, you know, one of the stories I tell myself, and I'm going back to yesterday's episode, right? About the stories we tell ourselves is, is that, uh, is that I get taken advantage of, right? And, and I'm generally okay with that, but I have to say, probably one of the, one of the negative things is that over the years you develop, uh, a, a not a thick skin. What do you call it? You, you, you get used to bad things happening. You're almost expecting it. Like, where's the bad thing? Who's, who's trying to screw me over? Who's to take advantage? And again, now, look, I, I'm being about as transparent as I could be coming to you on a podcast like this. 
here I am uh, doling out information to people as I think they need it, and someone accuses me of being the exact thing that I find detestful, like frustrating, annoying, thing that drives you up the, up the tree. I don't even know what tree there is, but if there's a tall one, I'm at the top of it shouting and screaming and, and raising a fist. Someone's accusing me of that. And there are several lessons to learn. One is, one right away is, it doesn't matter what I think about the subject. My opinion does not matter. Your opinion doesn't really matter. What matters is other people's perceptions of you. So in this example, what am I doing to not be trustworthy? Get it? Following with me? Again, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't even matter what I think about a particular situation. It doesn't matter. Same thing applies to you. We spend a lot of time fighting other people's perceptions of us. I remember, oh, it's been years now, but I was about ready to take the stage for a big event and there were a bunch of people and someone made the comment, you know, man, how I'm so nervous. How come you can do this <laughs> so, you know, so easily? It's just you're gifted. And and I turned to look at the person kind of with that side cock of a head and 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 I just kind of was like, What? What are you talking about? I just peed three times, right, in the last five minutes because I'm sat nervous. My stomach's all in jitters. And I must have given off some aura of of confidence. But inside, you know, my nerves are raging. That person didn't know. They, they assumed I was confident. They also didn't know all of the practice that I put into uh, preparing for a speech. Uh, I, I'm on phone calls every week, several times a week from prospective people who are courting uh, my director of speaking, Shannon, myself, Matt, my, my chief of staff, trying to you know, talk about particular events that are coming up and how we might be able to help be a part of those and really you know, add some value. So I'm on those conversations. If, if we decide to move forward on a deal, then I'm usually on follow-up conversations, at least one, two, sometimes three more, plus... I'm preparing keynotes, plus I'm actually digging into doing my homework about them and the opportunity, and then I'm, cra- I'm, I'm taking the keynote that, I, that, I'm, that is most popular, that they want, and then massaging it into something that can be most useful for someone like them. And no one knows that preparation. And I got to tell you, not to be, it's probably not an exaggeration to tell you that for every minute I'm on stage, there's five to 10 minutes worth of preparation. Can you believe that? So for a one-hour keynote, I will have practiced five to ten hours just for that individual keynote. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that? But no, no one would ever know that unless you're in my home office or you're in my office hearing me stroll through the hallways practicing speeches, or if you're seeing the notes or the presentation slides or anything else that goes in involved with that entire process. This is stuff behind the scenes again. Other people look and say, oh, wow, you're so, that was so glib. That was so witty. Not knowing that the jokes are memorized, not knowing that the pauses and the stories are rehearsed. All of it is created to drive an experience that's monumental for someone else. But back to my story. Here I am sitting at this table, by the way, with friends, close friends, people uh, who I like a lot. Um, one of them was my wife. In fact, she was the one who, uh, you know, made the case that I'm selective with the information that I give people. Now, lesson number one is it doesn't matter what other people think of you. Lesson number two is 
your best advice will likely come from unsuspecting places. I used to say, oh God, you know, I hate these critics. I hate these skeptics. People always dogging me, always pushing on me, always fighting me, always trying to like, you know, dissuade me from my, uh, from my dreams and aspirations. And what's interesting is that the best advice I've ever gotten is from people who absolutely dislike me. See, we've gotten, you know, a million plus people who follow me on Facebook and there's hundreds of thousands on Twitter and I don't know, thousands and thousands on LinkedIn and Insta and all the different places where we are, right? We have people there following and listening and learning. And there's very few, if any, if any, who stop and push me. I mean, really, truly hardcore. Maybe that's because we're, we're often miles apart, different cities, different countries, different continents apart, and they don't truly know me. But it's rare that someone actually stops me and calls me on my shit and says, hey, you, you need to do this better. And not just poke a finger, because there's, there's the critics who, no matter what I do, always have a problem with me. I get that. I get that they don't like me. But constructive criticism, someone saying, hey, dude, you really stepped in it back there, right? And not because you bumbled your words, but because you were absolutely clear with your words, and they were, unfortunately, pretty horrible. Like, we heard what you said, and you meant what you said. Unfortunately, what you meant and what we heard was just pretty darn bad. I don't want to hear from my wife and friends that you're, you're, leaving, you're leaving clues behind that are untrustworthy, that you are doing things that lead us, you know, why don't you tell us the full story? Now, I have my own reasoning, and that's lesson number three. No one really cares about your reasons, right? They just care about their results. So for me, I'm doing a lot of things in a lot of places for a lot of people. And to say I have a lot of stress on my shoulders is probably an understatement. Now, stress is what I choose it to be, right? It's my choice, my decision, you know, my consequences. But I am selective with the information I give to people thinking I'm going to protect them. You know, there's been, I've had startup ideas that have gone bankrupt. I've had, I've lost homes, right? Uh, you know, expensive homes uh, trying to execute a plan. I've, I've, I've created messes, relationship messes, Problems with employees, problems with contractors, problems with, with partners, and I've been sued, uh, right? <laughs> I've been in the middle of messes trying to help people that I love. And so as I get older, I just am perhaps more careful and discerning. And I'll tell you just, as, just, as, just enough information for you to do what I want you to do, which is if you're an employee, your job, or if you're a partner, your partnership job, and you know, all the different things, or if, or if you're wifey, hopefully enough to, to, be, to be optimistic, right? And I'll leave out the scary parts, the I'm really freaked out about this because someone just sued me, or I'm, I'm really scared about this because we're running out of money as a company, or I'm really upset about the direction of this because I feel like I'm losing control. And for me, I can give you reasons till the cows come home, but none of that matters because number one, it's what other people's perceptions of you are, right? You've heard the phrase perception is reality, and that's true. 
See, it, you can't go around and defend yourself to other people. People make snap judgments about you all the time. You may saunter a room, into a room and a dozen people look at you and go, oh, that guy's cocky and idiot. They may not know that you're putting on an air, putting on a, a false sense of confidence, hoping that you'll have enough courage to do what you came there to do. Maybe it's networking. Maybe it's connecting, handing out business cards, finding opportunities, con, you know, creating relationships. And you've pumped yourself up. And you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And you walk in there with you know, shoulders wide. Hey, guys, how you doing? And people look at you and go, ugh, one of these guys. When inside, you're not, ugh, one of those guys. You're someone who's genuine and interested. And you're wondering why people avoid you. And maybe it's because you're creating a perception that isn't reality. It's actually hurting you, hurting your chances of being successful. Also remember, remember, remember that your reasons don't make up for other people's perceptions. It really doesn't matter what excuse you have to offer about your results, about your history, or about why you want to get to where you want to be. None of that matters. What matters is the action you're willing to take to move a little bit closer to where you want to be. See, the whole reason, ironically, that I was in Laguna Beach last week was to break down our core business into chunks and then find a way to build it back up into ways that we could scale and grow and change the world. We've been asking ourselves this question for the last year and a half, and I've shared it with you multiple times, but it's our driving obsession. How do we provide radical help for people who want it? How do we help people who are in that moment of, I know I need more, but I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, and I don't even know how to get to it or what it is or what it looks like, but I know that where I'm at now is unacceptable and I need to change. And so I'm looking around going, how do I make that a possibility? How do I take my knowledge and experience and bring it to people who are in that position in their lives right now? So remember, remember that your excuses don't really matter. And remember that it's other people's perceptions of you that have the greatest chance or dischance of you getting what you want with them or from them. Now, on an encouraging note, the bad news, and that lesson number three was, you know, you, you get bad news from unsuspecting surprise or you get great news, great advice from unsuspecting locations, uh, unsuspecting people, is this, is that the world around you is your sounding board. There will always be people who hate you. There will always be people who love you. And then there will be 80% of the people, 10 and 10 on the top and bottom, and then 80% in the middle who are genuine, uh, and they, they, they have no ill will against you. They want nothing from you. They're just there, ready and willing to give you great advice and friendships and love if you're someone that makes sense for them, right? And those are the people who you have the greatest possible chance to speak with and to. Greatest possible chance to help change their lives for the better. I told you over the next few days I'm going to be sharing some lessons I learned. This is a personal one. And I'm sharing it with you because, you know, I often, I don't know, you may think I don't run into the same problems you do. And nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, I have the same challenges, same frustrations, and same grand ambition as you do. And, and I, I get it. I get it more than you may know. 
that it takes a whole team of us working together to move from where we are right now collectively towards where we want to be. We're not going to do this on our own. We're going to do this together. And so by sharing some real conversation, some raw conversation, some not so pretty conversations about me, I'm hoping that allows you to open up your mind to the possibility that inside you is the potential for greatness. You may be flawed, but within you is the potential to achieve that next level greatness. So I've got your back. I'm excited that you're here on the podcast. Um, you may have seen it, but if you're not part of the Edgy Empire of Awesomeness, there's a chance in Facebook, by the way, go there and join. And you may not have heard, I'm doing a surprise event, a limited edition event in December. And I can't wait to tell you more about it. Check back with us on the next few podcasts. I'll be sharing some more inside scoops about this limited edition, very personal, intimate event I'm going to be doing here in Greenville, South Carolina. And I want you to be a part of it. If you're, if, you're, if you're excited about life and want to take a new direction heading into 18, I want to help you do that. Meanwhile, meanwhile, stay edgy. Be awesome.